Good morning, good morning. Good morning, brothers and sisters. I said good morning, brothers and sisters. My name is Marcel Hall, and uh, it is a pleasure to uh, be here with you this morning. And I'm one of the ministers here. If you're visiting, we're so grateful to have you. Um, want to uh, wish Happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers and mother figures that are here. We appreciate all of you. So grateful for my mom uh, here in the house here with us today, as well as my baby mama. Uh, she's also here as well. No, she is my wife, okay? Uh, she doesn't like it when I say that joke, but it's been about 16 years, and I keep saying it there, okay? Well, actually, no, we've been only a mom for 10 years, so the last 10 years uh, I've been saying that. And so want to welcome all of you who are watching online as well. Thank you so much for joining us. We are grateful that you are with us here this morning. You know, we are starting a new sermon series. Uh, well, let me tell you this, for the kids, sorry, for the kids here is the word of the day, okay? And so, word of the day is obedience or some form of that. Obey or obeyed. Make sure you tally that in your journal and there is a nice, sweet prize, Tina, in the back for them. Is that correct? We still have prizes for them? Treats, excuse me, not prizes, but treats. And so we have treats for you in the back afterwards, and so make sure you tally those. Don't try to do it at the end and say they only said it seven times. That won't work, okay? And so we want to make sure that we're having a good time together this morning. We're starting a new sermon series today called Models of Faith. And so for the next several weeks, we are going to be gaining some inspiration from men and women, uh, individuals, groups that displayed faith in God that we feel is worthy of imitation. Now, as we examine these individuals and these groups, we will always know that they are flawed, just like you and me. And so that's comforting, because that means we can still be a source of inspiration for God, for the glory of God, despite not being perfect. Can I get an amen to that? And so as we examine these things, and we're going to each week take a, a, a different angle as we look at their faith. And so we might look at, uh, well, for example, today we'll be looking at lordship. And the lordship in that aspect when it comes to our faith and our walk with God. Let's go ahead and let's pray before we get into the scriptures. Father in heaven, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for the scriptures. Thank you so much for your belief in us. Thank you for us being allowed to be a part of your greater story. And God, as we, over the next several weeks, as we examine, as we look at what you did in and through people's lives, God, help us to remember you are always the hero. But God, help us to receive the message you want us to receive. Help us to, to dive in and, and dig in deeper into our faith, to, to, to grow in our intimacy with you, to grow in our convictions about your will, and to grow in our loving commitment to you and to those around us, to those in the church and then to those in our schools and in our neighborhoods. Father, I pray for your, your, you to speak today. In Jesus' name, amen. Turn over in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1. Turn over in your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter 1. And uh, we are going to um, look at Hannah and Samuel. 
Hannah and Samuel. Some of us might know who they are, uh, some of us not, but we're going to give you a, a brief understanding so we can enter into the context correctly of what's going on. And so God's people have been, this is the, under the old covenant in which we see in the Old Testament, God's people have been in the promised land for a number of years, and they've had leaders in which they call judges, and God's people had a lot of ups and downs in their faithfulness to God. And at this point in time, uh, they are, they are, their, their spiritual leader is, is, is Eli, and, and what's going to happen here, so I'm going to go ahead and spoil some of the, the story for us, is you have Hannah is a mother, and she's married, and she's barren. She can't have children, and she's in despair about this. And there's some ridicule that she faces uh, uh, close in her own household about not being able to have children. However, God blesses her with a child in Samuel. And Samuel becomes the leader for the nation of Israel who appoints and anoints uh, the nation of Israel's first two kings in Saul and David. And so we're going to see something here in the dynamic of their faith and their relationship that we see in Hannah that we also see that gets translated or, or that, that, that gets passed down onto her son Samuel and therefore gets passed on to you and I. Amen? And so over in 1 Samuel chapter 1, we're going to read here in verse 10, it says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me and not forget what your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. As she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. And so she, she's, uh, uh, they, they went to a, a city called Shiloh there. And, and so they're, they're in the, the, the uh, place of worship. And again, Eli's a leader. And so he notices this. It says, Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. I just love the Bible's realness, don't you? He's like, man, this woman is drunk. What's she doing up in here? How long are you going to be up in here, drunk lady? Can you get up out of here? Right? That's his thoughts. And so that makes us also go, man, you know, I need to be careful how I observe a situation. I might, I might incorrectly observe somebody sometimes. I might think somebody's off or somebody's mean, evil, or whatever the case by their looks or maybe by an interaction or something that might be peculiar. But that might not be the full story. But that's a sermon for another day. Let's continue reading. In verse 15, it says, Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. She said, I'm a woman who is deeply troubled. How dare you call me a drunk in God's house? Oh, I'm sorry. That was Marcel's version. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, Go in peace. And may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. He has a turn in his life, right? He has a change of heart and a change of view. But it says, she said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went away, she went her way and ate something, and her face was no longer downcast. You see, we have here 
with Hannah and we'll see in her son Samuel, we see a couple of things that are, are, are really helpful for you and I as we examine their faith, as we see God work in our lives. And there's two, two attributes that we want to focus in on today. And that's their reverence and their obedience. And we see it already here in Hannah in her reverence for God and her willingness to obey God's will for her life. But we're going to do something different today. Can we do something different today? Can, you, can we try something different today? Chad, I know you like to try different things. And so we're going to try something a little different today. As you can see, I have a couple chairs up here. And uh, so I'm going to call up uh, Karina, my wife. Karina, can you come up on stage here with me? So we're going to try something different today. And if it goes great, hallelujah. If it doesn't go well, blame Chad. We're going to try something different today, and we're going to uh, we're going to observe from the scriptures. We're going to gain a lot from God's word, and we're going to see how our faith can grow in our reverence and obedience to God. But I'm going to do a little interview of Karina Hall, okay? And so she's going to share because as we were talking about this this week, she started sharing some observations she had that I felt was dynamite. And I felt like, you know what? It would be good for us to go ahead and have you be able to share your observation to what struck you, and then we can make some applications ourselves. Amen? Are you guys with me here? All right. And so, uh, also, this gives me a chance to go back to my journalism, journalism days. I was a broadcast major in college, so I'm really a journalist by trade. So this gives me a chance to get my 60 minutes on, okay? All right. So if you don't have fun, I'm having fun, okay? All right. So let's go ahead and let's get into this. Amen? All right. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me set you up. All right. Here we go. Karina, first question. Tell us how awesome your husband is. She's so speechless that... He, he, it's without words. No, could you actually tell us how long have you been a Christian? Uh, you can even share how long have we been married. I have been a Christian now for 20 years, uh, and we've been married for 15. 15 years. How many kids do we have? Uh, we have three kids. Uh, Sonia is 10, Desiree is 8, and Dominique is 3. There We're you hoping go. he makes it through service today. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. And so uh, we will ask you that first question again at some point. So, um, but let me ask you this: How do you how do you see Hannah's reverence for God? Share with us, please. So I love the story of Hannah, and I think. Um, She's always been an inspiring role model in the faith for me. But I think doing this study, uh, one of the things that stood out to me was uh, just how in her battle with uh, infertility, insecurity, uh, and grief, she went to God. And not only did she uh, go to God and complain or be bitter, but she went to God. First of all, praising him. It says uh, that she says she starts off her prayer with Lord Almighty. Uh, and so already there's an acknowledgement of who God is and who his goodness. And then also uh, there is uh, uh, there's a reverence uh, to 
to understand that I have to I have to give of myself and so she's willing you know she makes this commitment that I will give if you give me a son God I will give him to the Lord I will give him to you and so there's already this uh, submission to him in prayer so much so uh, that she leaves away she leaves and goes on her way no longer downcast and that's a powerful prayer to me if you can pray that kind of prayer and you feel after your prayer that you can walk away no longer downcast to me it shows uh, her uh, her reverence in her trust and in her submission to God and so what about what about Samuel? I know there's a couple of scriptures here uh, that we see Samuel's reference, uh, reverence, excuse me, in prayer. Uh, and, and so uh, please, for your notes, write these scriptures down so you can look at these on your own there. But, but what do you see about Samuel's uh, reverence in prayer? Well, Samuel, uh, obviously, you know, she has Samuel. He grows up and he becomes a man of his own. But I love seeing the connection. I had never really connected the two and but seeing how both of them were reverent in prayer and you see Samuel, uh, he, as he's going along, he begins to lead the people of God. He becomes uh, the, the, the Israelites leader and he, um, I can imagine he's feeling the weight of that responsibility. Uh, I imagine that he maybe feels alone in his calling uh, and maybe he's confused, but through it all, he's relying on God and, and going to God in prayer. There's a constant uh, dialogue with God throughout the scriptures. Uh, in uh, the first Samuel scripture, uh, verse uh, chapter seven, uh, he's they're in battle. They're in battle with the Philistines, and he says, "Okay, we're, I'm going to intercede for you with God." And then, so he goes to God in prayer. Then they fast together as a people. Uh, then, you know, in the chapter eight, he um, he's with. Um, Sorry, uh, I lost my... So I had printed out these notes, and then I left them on my desk. So now I'm going off my phone. But anyway, uh, when, uh, he, uh, he goes... Um, he has to confront uh, uh, the Israelites because they want a king now in chapter 8. They want a king, and so he has to confront the Israelites. And rather than say, okay, you guys want a king, that's, we'll, we'll do that. Uh, he he says, I have to... I have to inquire from the Lord. I have to go to God. And so I love that, that he prayed to God before that. And then uh, even just in different situations in chapter 16 before he anoints David he's in he's in prayer he's hearing from God and and inquiring from God and so what about Hannah and Samuel's obedience to God's will well I think with Hannah uh, well with both of them they obeyed God when it was hard and uh, even it's not just obedience, but obedience when it when it it's hard. It's they did the hard things. Uh, for Hannah, she made this commitment that she's going to give up her son and, and commit him to the Lord. And I don't know that I could do that, but she did. She followed through with her commitment to God and was willing to do that. And so already there's an obedience. Uh, you also see them worshiping. So they would go consistently to worship. And then you see the same in Samuel. Samuel's committed to worship and he's willing to do the hard things. In Samuel, you see it a little bit more with um, with speaking the truth. There's so many times where Samuel had to speak a hard truth to people. 
He had to speak the hard truth to the Israelites. He had to speak the hard truth to Eli, even as a boy. As a boy, uh, you know, in chapter three, uh, he Eli is this is a priest who he's in he's learning from, and God speaks to Samuel and says, here's the message you have to give to Eli about his wicked sons and about the end of his uh, uh, of his priesthood. And he, Samuel did it. And I think that set the way. Then I think that's when God knew, you're the one. Uh, and so he, you just continue to see the, him having those conversations uh, with people. He had those hard conversations uh, with Saul who later, be, he you know, he anointed as king when the Israelites wanted a king. He anointed Saul, and Saul was not always doing what's right. But Samuel had to speak the truth. He was willing to say, have those honest conversations. And then he's then he gets to a point where Saul's really in a bad place, and God tells him, "Okay, now you have to go and anoint a new king that I've chosen. I I want you to anoint uh, David." Or who is going to be David? And Saul says, "What? Like, what do you do? You, don't you understand that I can be killed?" He says, "But Samuel said, how can I go if Saul hears about it? He will kill me." And that idea that wow, that was not just an easy task. It's easy to read over that sentence, but I see how much uh, Samuel was willing to do the hard things and to obey God even when it was hard, even when the consequences were big. And we see this in 1 Samuel 3, 1, right? In the days, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. And so we see Samuel uh, being able to uh, stand out despite being a part of very few. And so that's tough, right? To, to be able to do what God wants you to do in a time where most people uh, are not following through, acknowledging that. And so that even shows Samuel's obedience even more. So let me ask you this. Please share, why does this inspire you? Uh, well, I think definitely that, I think thinking about that this wasn't, a, God wasn't always a popular choice. Uh, and yet they did that. Uh, and I think also Hannah going above the expectations. She was, uh, it was common uh, for, it wasn't the first time that the a family would choose to dedicate their firstborn to God, but it, it was not common for them to commit them to uh, to that entirely, to take them to the temple, that they would live there, because that would be kind of crazy for all those kids to be there, but it, that wasn't common, and yet she went above the expectations. She wasn't, she didn't just settle for the bare minimum, which I think inspires me. Uh, and I think also that they were real people, that they had, they felt sadness, they felt fear, they felt insecurity, and yet they still revered and obeyed God. And so their reverence and obedience, how, how does that, how does that help you today? Uh, well, I think it inspires me to persevere. Uh, it inspires me to make daily decisions that are going to revere God and obey God uh, and to be willing to do the hard things. And so 
so this story, this reverence, this, this, this obedience, we see how it inspires you, we see how it helps you, but uh, how, how does that apply to us, or apply to you in your life, and perhaps apply to us in our lives today? I think uh, one of the things that I thought about was the idea of how the, the, the word of the Lord was rare, and how it can sometimes, I can sometimes feel like the word of the Lord is rare in our society, or there's... Um, it's not what it should be uh, and so how we live in a society where uh, it can be confusing it can be uh, tough to do what's right to revere God to obey God and so I think that's one of the things that I think of like wow this is this is applicable to me right now um, and then I think also that even though I'm not I don't have those same situations I, I do face situations where I um, have insecurities or I have things that I'm worried about and so forth. Yeah, you know, obviously I think we'd all agree that the word of the Lord is rare right now, right? Yeah, I think in any other time, maybe in America, we can see the, the uh, onslaught of, of the influence of the world uh, upon Christianity. And uh, and so I think there's obviously some direct applications that we can have to make sure we, we are reverent despite the circumstances and we obey despite maybe the current challenges we might face. And so what would an example, like what, what would a modern day Hannah and, and, and Samuel look like to you today? I think uh, praying about the anxieties and struggles of life, uh, but also praising God in those prayers, uh, having a constant dialogue with God, like I mentioned about Samuel, uh, sharing prayer time together with other people, and I think having those honest conversations that Saul had to have. It might not be, you know, you have to have that with the king, but there are uncomfortable conversations that I have to have or honest conversations that I have to have, and so I think making those decisions and making the decisions to, to stand up for what's right. And that's what I appreciate you saying, that stand up for what's right. I think that's one of the key takeaways we can take from Samuel and Hannah, is to stand up for what's right. That means in our homes, uh, brothers and sisters, as God's people, we have to stand up for what's right uh, in our schools, at our workplaces. Uh, that also means I appreciate you sharing, uh, being willing to speak up to one another, have difficult conversations for the betterment of the, uh, God and his glory, but also for the betterment of that individual. And so let me ask you this. What are, that's easier said than done. So what are the hurdles or challenges you see that prevent maybe you or others from actually living this out? I think one of them is uh, my desire for comfortability. Uh, I want to be comfortable. Uh, I also want to be happy. And that's what the I think the world tells us. We want to be happy. We, that's we should be. We deserve to be happy. And so I think there's also um, a misconception of what happiness or what peace is and so I think sometimes those things can affect me in how I view uh, life. <laughs> And so from your observations and your study of this here, what is one action step you're going to take? I want to really grow in pouring out my soul to the Lord. Uh, I, that phrase stands out to me. I think being passionate in prayer, not just doing the routine prayer, uh, but I really want to uh, just make my prayer a time of, uh, of pouring out my soul, of doing more than just, uh, you know, the routine prayer, but throughout the day being in constant dialogue with God. 
That's really good. And so, like, in your in your mind, how how would that affect your life and maybe others who decide to take that same action step of pouring our soul out to the Lord? Uh, I think that my idea of peace and joy uh, would look different than what the world tells me that peace and joy is supposed to be. And I think it would be... Um, so I would have a different expectation of what peace and joy looks like. <laughs> we have a guest appearance. <laughs> peace and joy looks different. This is live on Facebook. You see, this is not recorded. Amen. Amen. Dominique, you stay over there, okay? You obey, okay? All right. Sorry, y'all. You, you you entered the hall's home for a quick second. Peace and joy. Uh, I think it also uh, would give me a confidence. I think I see uh, Saul, I mean, Samuel and Hannah having a confidence. And so I feel like if I really change that, I would really uh, have a different kind of confidence. And I think also the blessings that come from obedience. I see Hannah and Samuel were blessed by their obedience. Hannah had more children. Uh, Samuel, it says, was um, he was respected and he grew in stature in the Lord and in favor of the Lord. And so I, I see also God's blessings in all of this. Amen. Uh, lastly, any other insight that, that, that you, you, you had uh, from this passage? Okay, this is my favorite part about Samuel and Hannah because uh, so at the beginning it says that Hannah's home is in Rama or Rama. I'm not sure how to say that, but uh, that's where they live. And so we know that she has to take Samuel to Eli and Shiloh and he lives there. Uh, and But I love the, that as an adult later in uh, 1 Samuel 7, it says that Samuel always went back to Rama where his home was and there he also held court. And I love to think that he always went home to his mama. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. There you go. You know, Karina shared some, some, some things that I think are not only helpful for Karina Hall, but I think for all of us. Yeah. I, I think all of us, if we were to, to think about the reverence and obedience that we see from Hannah and Samuel, we can draw to some similar conclusions. But I really want to encourage all of us here to not just observe what maybe Karina observed, but to, to allow it to take root and study this on your own. But most of all, I believe to make some choices today, to take an action step this week in pouring out your soul to the Lord. I know every single one of us has a challenge in which we face. I know all of us are, are, are the minority when it comes to uh, uh, following and adhering truly to the call of discipleship that gives to those who would call themselves Christians. And so you and I have an opportunity today to follow the example set forth by Hannah and Samuel in our reverence and obedience. And I do believe that if we pour out our soul to the Lord in prayer, that will enhance our view of things and once we have a different perspective that changes the way we feel and that produces different actions in our lives. And so brothers and sisters, I want to call us all right now to write down one thing you can pray and do this week so that you can have more reverence and obedience. Again, write down one thing you can do just this week to have more reverence and obedience.
obedience to God. You know, right now we're going to transition and we're going to take communion. This is where we remember the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross for our lives. We take the emblems, the juice and the bread that represent his blood and his body that were sacrificed for us. And as with any biblical example, we always see that Jesus is the ultimate example in that area. And, you know, he's the model for disciples of Christ. He is the one who calls us to follow him. And he sets the bar. And I love this about Jesus. He doesn't call us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. And we see this on the cross where Jesus displayed the ultimate amount of reverence for the Father and obedience to God's plan and will, which led to our salvation. And so as we reflect on this, let us let it move us to action this week so that we too can follow in the steps of these models of faith and we can grow in our reverence and in our obedience. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the example that we saw here in Hannah and Samuel, but thank you so much that really it's, it's a foreshadowing of Jesus and how he uh, was totally uh, in reverence to you and your will, uh, Father, but in submission. And we see that played out in the Garden of Gethsemane, where the wrestle is real, where Jesus is, is battling his flesh and he's battling what, what, what he knows he needs to do. And God, we're so grateful that because he, he revered you so much, because he loved you so much, because he loved us so much, that he decided to obey your will. And because of that, God, we are here on Mother's Day worshiping you. Because of that, many of us can claim that we have salvation. And God, we are grateful for that. Because of Jesus. We have the opportunity ourselves to be an inspiration for others as well in the faith. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.